This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark, on this Friday, January the 6th, 2023. We got some chilly weather out here this morning. No rain, no snow. It's going to get up into the 40s. Not too bad for January the 6th. We'll take it any day of the week. Hey, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and put your email address in there. We'll send you out a notice when a new episode becomes available. Hope you're having a nice start to the new year. First week is just about to finish up today. Let's start off with our top five headlines. Here's headline number five. Orthodox Jewish group begins campaign against New York Times to highlight anti-Semitic reporting. From the Daily Mail, an Orthodox Jewish group has launched a campaign against the New York Times blasting the newspaper for its investigative coverage into the city's private yeshiva schools over the past few months. At least three billboards were put up in Manhattan by the Agudath Israel of America group that accused the newspaper's investigation of threatening their way of life and called the articles misleading and one-sided portrayals of their community. From the Daily Signal, the newspaper's articles in question highlighted Orthodox Jewish political organizing as if it were negative and condemned Orthodox Jewish schools, called yeshivas, urging more regulation of these schools and claiming they failed to provide a quality education. All right, so the first thing that comes to my mind is who the hell does the New York Times think they are? I mean, are they the police for religious freedom in America? They're a newspaper, for God's sakes. Just report the facts, report the news, and stop adding your opinion. Who cares what you think about? You're a far-left organization. You, everything that you speak about is nothing but your own bias, your own political viewpoint. Just report the facts. Leave the Jewish community alone, would you? I mean, this is, uh, this is why you're, you're losing subscriptions. That's why you're about ready to go bankrupt. And uh, the American people don't want to hear your opinions. The Jewish communities have the right to do what they feel is in their best interest as they see things in the world. That's called religious freedom. It's called freedom of speech. Okay, so New York Times, we've had enough of you. Just keep your mouth shut, report the facts, and stay out of your own opinion. If you want to put it in the editorial, that's fine, but leave the Jewish community alone. All right, headline number four, West Virginia Supreme Court upholds integrity of women's sports. From ADF, a federal district court issued a decision Thursday that upholds West Virginia's Save Women's Sports Act, HB 3293, rejecting a legal challenge to the law that would have undermined women's sports in the state by allowing males who identify as female to compete with females in girls' and women's sports. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys represent Laney Armistead, a former West Virginia State University soccer player who intervened in the lawsuit, BPJ versus West Virginia State Board of Education, to defend the law. West Virginia enacted the law to ensure equal opportunities for women in sports. 
Christine Wagner. Today, a West Virginia court affirmed the state's law protecting fairness and safety for female athletes. We applaud the courage of our client, Lainey Armistead, and the wisdom of the court for recognizing the truth that hashtag biology matters. Okay, so this is very good news. West Virginia has definitely got it right. Biological men have no business competing with biological women in sports. And it comes down to their chromosomes, their biology. No matter what they think they are, does not matter. It's what they physically are as men or women. So the idea that there are more than one gender, all the things that you hear from the far left, the woke crowd, the transgender issue is totally false. It's all based on chromosomes, and biological men have no business competing with women in sports. West Virginia has this correct, and I hope that this is a model that will spread to other states, and if necessary, to go to the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court, and settle this once and for all, that biological men should not compete with biological women in sports. End of story. No more discussion. All right, headline number three. The Biden administration publishes a report on positive impact of Keystone XL pipeline. From Fox News, the Biden administration published a congressionally mandated report highlighting the positive economic benefits the Keystone XL pipeline would have had if President Biden didn't revoke its federal permits. The report, which the Department of Energy completed in late December without any public announcement, says the Keystone XL project would have created up to 59,000 jobs and would have had a positive economic impact of up to $9.6 billion. Immediately after taking office in January of 2021, Biden canceled the pipeline's permits, effectively shutting the project down. From MRC-TV, had it not been canceled, the pipeline would have been completed by the beginning of this year and would have funneled about 830,000 barrels of Canadian crude oil to refineries in the U.S. In the meantime, gas hit between $5 and $7 a gallon and even higher in some states. Last year, before finally falling to more manageable prices, though the cost of goods and services remain high and inflation hovers about 7%. Okay, so the facts are the facts. Joe Biden was on the wrong side of the story, on the wrong side of the policy. He has been for the past 50 years. He always gets it wrong. That's Joe Biden. So now that the facts have come out, we can see that the Biden administration needs to make adjustments. Congress needs to use the power of the purse in some way to, to allow for them to return to normalcy and to common sense and open up the XL pipeline. We need the crude oil. We don't need to go to communist countries. We don't need to beg the Saudis. We don't need to beg Venezuela or Iran, our enemies. They need to be able to come and bring the oil from Canada. They need to be able to produce it here in America. We have more than enough energy, as Donald Trump proved when he made us energy independent. And the Biden administration stripped that all away, took it away, and that's why we see national security issues that have risen out of it, the Ukrainian war. Russia was able to use their oil to fund their war. And all the repercussions of his stupid policies. And now the facts have come out, and we can see that it would have created a positive impact, and it would have had national security implications. So this is Joe Biden, always on the wrong side of history. All right, headline number three. 
Representative Byron Donald's response to Corey Bush's race-fueled attack. From Town Hall, the profile for Representative Byron Donald's Republican from Florida has certainly picked up in recent days as he has emerged as an alternative to Representative Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California for Speaker. To squad member Representative Cory Bush, Democrat from Missouri, however, Donald's nomination is only, quote, not progress, end quote, it's pathetic, end quote, and Donald's is a prop, end quote. The congressman, after having been called out and tagged on Twitter, has since responded to the charges. Congressman Byron Donalds. Corey Bush, if you see a black man rise, let the man rise even if you disagree with them. I'd be happy to sit down and debate our policies one-on-one wherever you'd like. As a black man to a black woman, I'd never do that to you. It's a shame you did it to me. All right, so the left always uh, uses the race card when it's in their best interest, but when it's a conservative, then they always attack the black man. Interesting, huh? It's not about diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's all about politics. It's something to beat over uh, people's heads, to coerce, and to shame people into uh, their free freedom of speech, and to make them succumb to their their viewpoint using tactics of race and degrading people's thoughts. This is the left in full display, and this is a prime example of. Uh, a Democrat, a far-left Democrat, attacking a African-American conservative. All right, headline number two. Biden says border plan is late because Republicans haven't been serious about this at all. Town Hall, speaking at the White House on Thursday, Biden conceded his plan will not completely solve the issues at the southern border, but it will be a step in the right direction. The Department of Homeland Security will start processing Haitians, Nicaraguans and Cubans through an app to make appointments to self-surrender at ports of entry so they can start their asylum claims. Those who are caught illegally crossing the border will, will be deported and will not be able to participate in the program. Julio Rojas, after recently stating there were more important things to do than visit the southern border, Biden now says he hasn't visited because Republicans aren't serious about border security and he wanted to see what was going to happen with the legal challenges over Title 42. Okay, there you go. There's Joe Biden again accusing the Republicans when they had all three branches of government. So if you believe that, I've got a bridge in New York I'd be happy to sell you. Now, I'm not, uh, I'm not all for the Republicans on this because I don't think they've really raised the issue enough. They haven't really been outspoken on it. But to blame the border crisis on the Republicans is a far stretch. Don't you think? I think if they were really serious about it, like uh, President Trump was, then I think they could have easily solved it with the power of the White House, the Congress, and the Senate. So Joe Biden just wants to point the finger at everybody else, not take responsibility. Typical Joe Biden. All right, headline number one. Speaker voting stalemate continues. From New York Times, Kevin McCarthy's speakership bid failed for an 11th time after his latest concessions failed to win over enough Republican hardliners. The chamber has been deadlocked for three days and cannot move on to any other business until a speaker is chosen. Lawmakers will return at noon Friday. This is now the longest speaker race since the 1856. Okay, so, uh, hey, they're hashing it out. 
I heard uh, there may be some movement today. This is Friday. They may come to some consensus. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, uh, everybody's bashing the process, but hey, this is, uh, this is how it works. You know, the people that are elected, they have the right to speak up, stand up, challenge the status quo. God knows we need to do that. We're, we're $31 trillion in debt. We got national security crises all over the place with the southern border and the Ukrainian wars. So uh, let, them, let them debate. I mean, come on, this is, uh, this is a beautiful thing. This is not a negative. This is what the Founding Fathers wanted. They wanted robust debate. If you have no debate, then you're a totalitarian country, and that's what the Democrats want. They all vote in lockstep. They don't speak their opinions. They just all vote in line. And if you've ever seen the Chinese system of government, it's the same thing. Whatever the leader says, they all fall in line, or they end up in a gulag somewhere or executed somewhere. So I say let the debates begin. It's the way the American Constitution was set up, and we're all loving it. All right, those are your top five headlines for this uh, Friday, January the 6th, 2023. Thanks for joining us. Have a great uh, rest of your week and a nice weekend. We'll see you next Monday on the Affirm America podcast. God bless you, and we'll see you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.